It was weird getting off the subway. Like, I don't know why I didn't move to New York in the fall, but fall makes me feel particularly nostalgic. Yeah. For New York, and I'm still here. Yeah, you're not going yet. You still got a couple weeks. Got a week and a half. Don't don't go running away yet. You're not going yet. <laughs> uh, this is episode 15 of Pals with Bill Wadman. And today's guest is Meg Walker, who is uh, a very old friend of mine and uh, independent magazine producer. How would you, what, what is the official term for what it is that you do with uh, Got a Girl Crush? I'm co-founder and editor-in-chief of Got a Girl Crush magazine. Right. Which we're going to get to in the middle of this, but we have places to go before we get there. <laughs> uh, Meg and I met uh, because you were one of my subjects in 2007 for my first 365 portraits. That is correct. Which, uh, and it turned out you were, we were just trying to figure it out. You said, you think you saw a Gothamist article about it. I think Gothamist wrote, wrote a, I don't know if someone, you knew someone there that you got to write I up. I think Rachel Kramer Bustle, who's a friend of mine, wrote a thing that got on there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, I think and, I knew somebody who was on there or something. Yeah. And then... Me as a puppy photographer who had just moved to New York a year prior. Uh, yeah, I hate, I, I, hate's a strong word. I am much more comfortable with myself now, many years later, but at the time had was not comfortable having my portrait taken. Well, why do you think that is? Um, I mean, you went to photo school, so there must have been times when, like, you ended up being a subject. I think for it's a matter else. of like who. Ta- I, I know, you're right. No, I, it's who takes your photo because I feel like that's also really telling about seeing photos of yourself. Is like if you like it, then I feel like that makes me think more about my relationship with the person that took the photo. Like, because oh, if they're they're good or like I like them, then I feel like maybe this person like sees me as I see myself. If we want to get sure into that um i mean i also have friends you know then you know fast forward now in the instagram era the people you know slapdash take photos and throw it online without really any thought about it it's just to maybe document the moment and maybe who don't come from like a background in design or photography and i'm like oh woof like that's and that's up on the internet like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then I, like I said before, and now I, th- I was like, what, is, is this how they see me? Is like yeah. this how they feel about me? It's like, oh, There's could, also un- could unpack that. A weird thing about that is is the fact that even, even people who take photography seriously are far more slapdash, as to use your term, than they used to be a lot of times by shooting with their phones or shooting with something and throwing it up on Instagram. Like the whole thing has shooting with film or or people shooting with film. But I mean, the whole idea of people putting stuff up, there's a lot of serious photographers who it's all about just like lots of content. You know what I mean? Just like, I'm just going to put stuff up all the time. I hate that. Yeah. It's like a different, it's a different mode of of thinking about the whole thing. Who is it for? Yeah. But, but you, you went to school for commercial photography. I did. I apl- I went to Ohio University. I um, applied to the photojournalism school, which they're most known for, um, and was denied. I had f- some photo darkroom experience in high school, which I'm really lucky now realizing that that yeah. wasn't something everyone had. And 
I also didn't really know what photojournalism was. It was something that was like, I think I might be interested in that. Right. Um, and wasn't accepted. It's a pretty um, prestigious and hard to get into school. Um, so I was undeclared for, I think, my first year and a half of college, but was bound and determined to get into the visual communication school. So took all the same curriculum, even though I wasn't in the program, Got it. like if there was room for me. Yeah. And then applied, I think, the end of my sophomore year into commercial photo. I really should have gone to the School of Art because they got to learn how to do color printing. We never did. I mean, it doesn't matter now, but I think oh, I would really? understand. Yeah, isn't that okay, wild? Okay, so there were sort of three yeah. different photography majors uh-huh. at Ohio. There was the the photojournalism, and it, there was commercial and it means photography. fuck all that I have a degree now. <clears throat> of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a whole other thing we could talk <laughs> right, about, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, par example. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so I mean, the, school of music over here. Exactly. Well, there was there. So there's photojournalism, commercial photography, and then there's sort of art photography. Mm-hmm. And you think you should have done art photography. Well, now that I, for the last decade, have been working as a photo retoucher and um, color correcting and all that fun stuff. I have such, I feel like I would have been better at it out of the gate had I had that color theory practice background CMYK all that yeah yeah and you think Um, there's more of that in the art in the art program yeah they got to and it was I was jealous like it seemed maddening and we all are gonna get Alzheimer's from being in the dark room but so you you guys were just doing black and white just black and white was it all film at your department we were the last I think we were the last Graduating class that were required to buy film cameras. What year was that? I graduated 2005. All right. Yeah. And they had some deal with Mamiya that everyone had to get a Mamiya. uh, 645. 645. There's one. And then again, other things that I was like, I would, I wished I would have pushed back about, you know, against what was expected of us. Yeah. Because there was one kid that had a Hasselblad and I always was jealous of him. Like, he gets to shoot square. I know. It was like, <laughs> why? Oh man. And like now just thinking back, like how expensive it was, like what an expensive major um, to buy that and the film and Ohio university is in Appalachia. It's beautiful, but like not a lot available outside of the college town. Sure. We would have to go take our film to Walmart. Really? Medium format film. And it was sent out. Or maybe they had a processing. Maybe they had processed it there because there was such a demand. Yeah. I mean, shit got eaten all the time. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that if it was color, If it was color, we took it to Walmart. Um, black and white, you would develop yourselves. Black and white, we'd do ourselves. Uh, so, But you grew up in Ohio as well, outside of Cleveland. I grew up in Akron. <coughs> oh, Akron. 45 okay. minutes south. Okay. It's interesting to me because... I know maybe a dozen people from Ohio that are friends of mine in New York. I mean, eight out of 10 of them are Jewish and from the Cleveland area. Is that just by happenstance? I guess. I mean, there is a very large concentration of Jewish people in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. How'd that, do you have any idea how that ended up happening? And end up in New York? I mean. No, I mean, end up in Ohio in the first place. Like uh, why there is that shaker heights and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, I think, man, I have no idea. I mean, my family history, well, I have ties to New York. My, I don't know if I ever told you, my great grandparents. So our, our country, let's backtrack. Our country has a rich history of 
um, denying uh, refugees and immigrants and or having caps on certain countries right. from coming in. So where were you from? Uh, my grand, my mother's father's side of the family is from like former Czech Republic, Eastern Europe, Russia. Yeah. Um, were denied entry to the country, ended up in Mexico City. Really? A lot of Jews ended up in Mexico City. This is pre-World War II. Right. Um, apparently, there's still a pretty big Jewish enclave in Mexico City. Um, they had some family up in New York, and slowly, one by one, everyone ended up in uh, Jamaica, Queens. So, like, after the war, there was a big—what was that family name? Don, D-O-N. Okay. Um, which they changed when they came here. I think it was Don Dish when they came in. Okay. Um, so my great grandfather, Boris, had a photo studio in Jamaica, Queens on Sutphin Boulevard. The studio was in the front and they lived in the back. Really? I have the address. I've never been. I've Google mapped it and it's a dry cleaners now. Well, there's something you got to go take a picture of before you leave. I know. Well, I much regret that I never did that while my grandpa was still alive. Oh, okay. Um, so like, you know, my grandpa always claimed that the photography part of my life was like Photos in my in your jeans. Blood. Yeah. yeah. But Boris would do mostly like lingerie, like, like brassiere catalog shoots apparently. And he would do his own retouching, which is wild because it would be on the large format negatives with like a vibrating board and charcoal on sure. the, yeah, that shit's wild. Did um, you, did you, does any of this still exist? The equipment, the no. negatives, or anything? Any, no, like, there's one. There's one photo I'll have to send to you of um, uh, great aunt. Uh, that it's like a trick photo where he set up um, mirrors, so it looks like she's at a table with like four of herself. Oh, that's neat. It's really beautiful. I found it when we were cleaning out um, their estate and actually sent it to her. She's still living. Yeah. Um, I'll have to send you a photo. So do you think that was actually part of why you got interested in photography? No, I didn't know any, anything about that. Uh, they also have, what is it? Is Brooks photo school in yeah. California? Yeah. My grandparents lived out. Be, I think they lived after they lived in Cleveland and raised my mom and my uncle. They moved to LA and had a picture framing business in Compton in the eighties and wow. uh we all the like pre like the the frames you would buy that have like insta families photos sure. that was us like all my childhood photos were in frames that were sold interesting and like my cousin was traveling across the country a couple years ago he was like in montana at a general store and there were all these loose sight frames that still had photos of my brother's middle school football photo Wow, creepy. So I found out recently that they have, and maybe still do, have a scholarship in their name to the Brooks Institute, which I was like, why am I finding out all of this? Like, I don't, I think I would be disqualified from qualifying yeah, yeah, for but, it. You know, but you I never knew that. Like, no one told me any of this. But in high school, you even thought you wanted to do photo in high school? Um, do you remember like getting a first camera or something? I had my dad's old Canon with like the hippie camera strap. Um, Classic. I definitely joined darkroom class for a boy. <laughs> okay. 
by the way, I, all the people I've talked to, and I've talked to, I think two or three photographers on this, all of them ended up in photography for some other reason that had nothing to do with liking photography. Um, I also, I just liked that. I mean, I was the kind of kid that didn't belong to any particular group. I sort of like floated around with like the punks and the stoners and the drama club. And is it because you didn't fit in or because you didn't want to label yourself? I didn't fit in. Okay. Um, or, <laughs> or that I lettered in football from, uh, thinking that I really got away with, instead of taking gym, having to take gym, I convinced them to let me get a gym credit for being an assistant, tra- like sports trainer. So what did you do? I, well, I earned that letter because I had to wrap all those boys, nasty feet, all the football players in hindsight was not worth it. No, like I'm like, I'm getting out of gym. Yeah. You might as well go play (laughs) mosh pit or whatever. Not wash their feet or cut their toe. Just being jerks. It is gross. But I think I like the darkroom aspect because it was so like I could get away in the middle of the day. Yeah. You can just like put on my Walkman and disappear into the. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it was gratifying and like the anticipation, you know, everything's instant gratification now. Did you like, did you like printing your own stuff or like printing other people's stuff? My own. I never. It was always your own stuff. It was always my own. Did you think that, was it, was it the printing process have allure separate from the actual quality of the picture you took? You know what I mean? Like, did you, maybe whether even if, even if it was a bad picture, was it satisfying to make a print, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just the, the process of learning was very like apparent. Yeah. Like, and, and I can't, man, I feel grateful that I have that, you know, behind me in like my toolkit, I guess. But, you know, now I envy it's so accessible now and whether that's good or bad, you know, to like buy a camera and learn how to use it. Um, or have you ever been around a little kid with a film camera and they're like, let me see if you take their picture, yeah, let, yeah, me, let see. me see. It. And yeah. how do you explain that? Yeah. Well, there's a step inside and I got to yeah. take it to a store and there aren't many left. Yeah. And- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chemicals are going to get poured on it and then we can see it like three days from now. Right. And then they got to scan it to a CD. Do you yeah. know what a CD is? Yeah. yeah they don't know that either. Oh my God. I actually realized that I, you know, I bought this, iMac pro a few months ago. I have no optical drives on any of my computers. Well, while I'm packing, I unearthed a terabyte drive that sounds like a jet engine when you turn it on. Oh yeah. And that was big at the time. It's as probably as big as a shoebox. Yeah. I was doing a shoot the other day and I, I needed a weight to hold something down and I pulled out a 500 <laughs> gigabyte hard drive and I just stuck this 500 gigabyte hard bare hard drive on the back of a thing to hold it down. It was so sad. Um, so wait, so you, so you finished school and you said, I want to move to New York. Uh, no. Uh, so the, I guess the theme is, um, I end up doing, I end up doing things for infatuations, I guess, or boyfriends. Uh, I moved to Austin, Texas after college to be with my college boyfriend. And, uh, I was in Austin about seven months and then I moved back to Ohio for two months and then I moved to New York. I forgot about your Austin excursion. Yeah. What'd you do down there? Just work a normal job? I worked retail. Uh, we did not make a lot of money. 
Uh, I wasn't particularly happy down there. But that was Austin when Austin was still weird, Meg. <laughs> I think I caught it on the tail end. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, did, wait, did you guys break up and then you moved back? Or We were, we were yeah, without going into like the nitty gritty. Yeah. Sure. We broke up. Okay. And then I, I had interned to backtrack in 2004. I had interned in New York um, for a photographer named Sarah Silver. Mm-hmm. And lived in New York for three months and hated every minute of it. You did? And I I was like, I never want to live here. The job or New York in general? I was lonely. Okay. I didn't meet, I didn't like have the social skills yet to like put myself out there and meet people. And I think I was newly 21, didn't really drink. Well, I drank a lot in college, but I didn't know how to navigate a bar on my own, I guess. Yeah. And it's funny to talk about this because I feel I feel like that's so young. But now with the magazine, I have interns that are Babies. 19 years old and blow my mind every day. Like like the, yeah. the kids are all right. Yeah. I, I, I uh, for my daily thing a couple of weeks ago, last week, I had this woman come over, this young girl, 18 years old, going to University of Chicago, speaks fluent Russian, you know listens to uh supreme court arguments you know i mean like and 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 me at 43 beautiful young woman but like could have a sit down and have a conversation with me while we're taking pictures that wasn't like an awkward kid conversation like actually had a conversation with me at 18 years old like i was just like man if this is what the future is these kids are gonna be fine my last my my first and only thus far editorial intern rachel took a gap gap year between high school and college just started at university of Chicago, just got back from traveling around Spain by herself. Did the, whatever the trail is, uh, on her own. Yeah. Um, and cold, cold emailed me the end of last year asking if this is something that was available. Just cold email, emailing the New York Times for interviews for the new, the obit editor. Yeah. They're doing the posthumous like inter, uh, obits for people that didn't get them oh, yeah, at the yeah, time yeah. when no, they died. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, it just blew, blew me away all the time. Yeah. And I was like, what was I doing when I was 19? I mean, it seems like, the, so even when you were in high school and when you were in, were you, did you, and obviously when you came to New York to do that, in college, did you feel like you were out of sorts like that you didn't fit in no i definitely found i feel like i found my tribe finally um or like what i was looking in like that regard but i think i mean after living in new york almost 13 years i i think that's what's making me the saddest about leaving is because i've never had that sort of like friend family structure yeah that is as like solid and caring and i mean Heather and I like to call it chosen family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Did you have friends from college? Some of your people that I know that are, were your friends here, you knew in Ohio, no? Uh, it's funny. My first New York roommate, Erin, who just moved to San, she just yes, moved I to know. San Francisco. Yeah. What up, Erin? Uh, now working for New York Times. Uh, we I did not know each other in college. We met through. A mutual friend. But you were both at the same school together. Yeah. We think we figured out we had like one like women's studies class together, but like didn't know each other. Yeah. 
I tried to get her on here before she left and she didn't have time. She's a busy girl. I know. I'm going to have to go out there and, and record because I'm trying to do these in person because it's different in person than when you do them on the For phone sure. or whatever it is. Um, so, so you, so you, you did your three weeks, three weeks, did you say, uh, in New York or three months? months. Was it three months. I lived in Brooklyn Heights. How was, how was interning at this, at the photo studio? Was it, was it all you thought it would be and more? Or? I feel like I learned a lot and learned what I didn't want to do. Like, what kind of work does that woman do? Sarah does fashion, high fashion, okay. which like, she's great at it. And I, I think I cut baby teeth on retouching for her a little okay. bit bare bones and who even knows what. Yeah. The hell setup we were working with in 2004. And I mean, she was shooting, was she shooting digital in 2004 or she was still shooting yeah. film and scanning? She, she was shooting, shooting digital. digital. So she was, she, I'd bec- I became familiar with her. She came and spoke at OU. Um, and I just, I applied to intern for her and it wasn't a full week, which was a bummer because it originally, I'm thinking of so many things right now. Um, it was like, like two or three days a week because she hired another intern and split the time between the two of us. So oh. I had a lot of downtime here, which like you would think like. It's amazing. New I'll York go to the City. Met. I'll go yeah. to Inwood. I didn't yeah. know. I don't know what to do. Any Like there was an internet cafe in the, ca- in like the lobby. I lived in the St. George Hotel, which had been turned into like non-affiliated student housing. Weird. And found out. Going back to my grandpa growing up in Jamaica, Queens, he found out that I was living there. He's like, do they still have the pool in the basement? And I was like, no. And looked up and there used to be these like Grecian, like palatial, uh, two Olympic pool sized, like public pool. You that can they pay filled it. in? It's the laundry room. The photos are amazing. Are it's all still- tile work and like guilt and you could pay a nickel to go swimming and they destroyed it. We oh. can't have nice things. <laughs> um, and like, you know, presidents stayed there back in the day. And sure. now it's like kind of, well, I went, I walked by there recently and it looks very nice, but I think they started renovating when I was living there. Cause it was kind of a dump, but, um, but you yeah, had this free time. You just didn't know what to do. I didn't with know it. what to do with it. Like the internet is a tool. I mean, to go back to being impressed with 18 and 19 year olds, like, your access to like information is certainly shaped like your youth now for sure. Yeah. Like the whole thing is accelerated. Right. They're expected but I didn't to know, be like, I didn't know how to find, like there was the village voice. So I'd find out about like events. Yeah. Um, and I had some friends that like were also interning there from school. Um, but I had like, you know, my like brick Nokia phone, like just, the, yeah. there were, you know, wasn't like, I didn't know iPhones didn't exist yet. So it wasn't like the absence of that made it any different. It was just, I didn't know how to go about seeking out the stuff I was looking for yeah. or just wasn't as adventurous. Also very poor. I wasn't being paid. Sure. Um, yeah. What is the arrangement with those things? They, they put you credit, up and you, you work, get a credit, you get credit, which, you know, so who, so who pays for your housing and food and stuff? You do out of pocket. I did. Okay. Um, when I would intern, I would get lunch. Yeah. But if, if you were not, not, not putting anything on Sarah's, uh, no. but, but, but if you were in a situation that she was in and you were taking interns, would you treat them differently? I think it was, I think it was a, a drag that it wasn't a full week. I feel like I could have learned more. Um, and I, you know, it's, 
you know, it's arguable about the unpaid internship when it's like fulfilling a credit and like life experience and whatnot. Like now, like if it's not like if it's not college kids that are like doing like a summer internship or like a semester, I mean, if it's for like big corporations that are like actually taking advantage and like using work done, like I was more like learning on set for the first time. Right, right, right. And that is valuable. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you have people working with you and for you for the magazine mm-hmm. that is all sort of ad hoc and, and, and people coming in. I mean, you, you know, you understand it from the, from the, oh, from the top right. down. Well, now. As of the sixth issue, I pay everyone. Yeah. And with the internships, I was able to afford to pay my first two interns, but now I, I can't yeah. like, <laughs> um, what was I going to say before? Oh, about photo internships. So I applied for Sarah and got that. I also applied to work at like W Magazine. Oh, Magazine, sure. And I like showed up to like an internship like call in like my little like s- like suit that I bought from like Urban Outfitters and thought I was super cool and like showed up and everyone's like just there in like t-shirt and jeans and like I didn't know anything about like New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh how many people were there? A ton of people. There were a ton, and I got offered an internship, but I had to because turn it down because I got the other one. But then the days got cut. Whatever. Um, what I wanted to talk about was I also applied for an internship with Chris Buck, and I remember this because he personally called me to tell me that he could not offer me the the internship. Oh wow! And I will forever remember that he took the time to call me and not like. I mean, email was a thing, but like didn't pass it off to an assistant or, <clears throat> or not respond at, you. Yeah, not yeah. respond at all. Like, like that was 14 years ago. Classy. And yeah. Yeah. Much respect. Isn't it funny how there, those little things are things that you remember about people? Yeah. And when you were talking about the Winogrand documentary, it's like yeah. the things like, you know, it's all about perception. Sure. Like, you know, someone's work before the person. And then I love Chris Buck's work. And then to find out that he's actually a nice guy, like it's yeah. just a nice feeling. Yeah. It makes it better. Where do you come out as a quick aside? <laughs> well, possible quick aside. Where do you come out on the work versus the person? Oh boy. Do you, do you I mean, do you have opinions on that? I mean, Picasso. Yeah. Oui. Yeah. Caravaggio was like, I mean, everyone, everyone's terrible. Yeah. Everyone is terrible. And arguably the only reason that they're remembered is because they pushed really hard and made enemies and made friends and did all the things you need to do in order to. Then broke women. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that is not a quick, I, (laughs) we can make it quick, but yeah, that's, um, no, I mean, that's, I mean, Bill Cosby was sentenced today. Yep. Yeah. His show shaped my childhood. Yeah. But no one knew any of that stuff was going on at the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That You were right in the middle of the Cosby uh, generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so you finally, so you come back from to Ohio from Austin <laughs> and, and you You're said, good at this. and you said, I want to go <laughs> to New York. Even though uh, I hated New York for the three months I was there? I didn't see what my other options were. I didn't want to stay in Ohio. Um, no, no shade to my home state. Um, you have an Ohio tattoo. I do. Among many others. 
I do. Yeah. Um, I love Ohio despite, you know, political. Ambiguity. Is it ambiguous? (laughs) Well, they're very, they're like the ultimate sort of uh, purple state, aren't they? Yeah, I guess so. Did vote for Obama. Did, uh, wait, did, is, is your Ohio tattoo one of your first tattoos? One of the first. Yeah. Um, okay. So you didn't want to stay in, you didn't <laughs> want to stay in Ohio. Uh, moved to New York. Didn't have a job. With Aaron? Moved with Aaron. Was it a, hey, I'm moving to New York. Does anybody else want to move to New York? Oh, yeah. my friend of a friend says mm-hmm. I'm moving to New York. So Facebook, I think, became a thing my senior year of college. Yeah, 607, sure. Or 506? Five. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, I, I don't remember if that's how we got connected. It must've been, but the guy that she was dating at the time was a mutual friend of mine and he put us in touch and I think it was the only apartment I saw was the second one she saw. And I lived in South Park Slope for four and a half years, which is where I met you. Yeah. I was studio manager. I worked for studio manager for a photographer named David Harry Stewart for the same amount of time until he moved to LA. How was that that experience? An experience? It it was, it, no, it, uh, it's definitely where I learned how to retouch and find out that my strong suit is in like organization and management. Um, but it was kind of crazy because it was a live work studio on canal street between center and Walker and David's been doing it for a long time. And I really like his work, but married people don't even see each other that much. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it could get pretty intense. Do you, uh, did your experience with David and I guess your internship in college make you more or less interested in photography as, as a job? Did you see it and go, man, these people either, either, wow, this, this, this life isn't what I thought it would be. It's right. much less shooting and a whole lot of other crap. A lot or, of schmoozing yeah. that I wasn't, in, I wasn't interested at all. And I think, yeah, maybe that turned me off a lot. Um, then I decided I didn't have the type A personality to sort of hack it in that world. And that was even before like social influencer and like Instagram yeah. careers, which I have a friend um, do you know Sam Horin? I don't think I do. He's, he used to live around here, um, in South Slope. Yeah. He, uh, Sam has like 300,000 followers and gets paid to take yeah. over Crystal, like and Mercedes Benz accounts so and weird. flown around the world. Can't say I'm not jealous. That's such a weird It is thing. weird because then he's shooting, you know, what I, I don't <laughs> God, like we were talking before we were uh, taping, I'm like not a gearhead unless I'm in the market. What it, we're on Mark, Mark Four now, yeah. So he's probably shooting with the latest gear, but then you're posting it. How big is the yeah, format? One thousand twenty-four square, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Bill with the facts, <laughs> throwing it all around, throwing it all away. <laughs> I think they may have doubled it to twenty forty-eight square. Uh, but well, that's what I'm saying. It. Like it's so wild. Yeah, throwing out so much of that, right? Do you think Instagram's <clears throat> killed photography? Um, I think it's changed photography. I think it's, I still think that there are probably almost as many people doing photography the way we 
kind of thought about it in the past. It's just that, you know, it's sort of like just as many people are 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 using Palm Pilots as they did before. Except oh my God. There's a billion people who use other things. So therefore, it's all watered down, you know, the ratios. But, but you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I have very mixed feelings about all of it. I, think- I, I was down in Florida. Um, you know, uh, are you a, you're a hip hop fan? No, not a hip hop <laughs> fan. Not a hip hop fan. No, go on. I'm I'm curious where this is going. So I photographed a guy who's in a tribe called Quest for this project. Which project? For this 365 thing that I was doing. That's awesome. Who'd you photograph? Uh, this guy, Jerobi White. Amazing. <clears throat> yeah. So <clears throat> really nice guy. Was introduced to him through my friend Stu, who moved down there. I said, Stu, I'm going to be in Miami. Is there anybody you know who I should shoot? And he wrote to me. He's like, I got you, Jerobi. Like, you're going to meet him, whatever. So I going back and forth with him. I meet up with him and his girl and these two other women and this guy. And I'm talking to the guy. We're all sitting around after I took some pictures and I'm just chatting away with these people. Super sweet. Everybody like everyone was like really nice. Droby was like real nice guy. And, uh, and the guy's just, I said, what do you do? And he's like, Oh, I do, you know, social media, blah, blah, blah. You know, Caitlin over there, she's got a million followers on Instagram. And I was like, what? what? And she was, she's beautiful woman. Right. And I took a couple of pictures of her while we were sitting around the table and I sent them to her and she posted them somewhere. And I looked and she has 975,000 followers and there's a whole lot of videos of her shaking her butt. That's cool. And that gets you followers, right? Yeah. So I look at it and go, wait a minute, I do this for a living. Like people pay me to take pictures for magazines and commercial stuff and whatever it is. And like, and I have 2000 followers on Instagram and I know college kids who have 80,000. So you know what I mean? It's, it's, and it's hard to get fixated on like the spiral of like, right. And, but I came to it a couple of years ago. I didn't, I didn't start. Maybe if I had started right when it started and it was a smaller group of people, more people say like, it's sort of one of those things. right? Right. Or if some super fancy person tagged me and then, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. It's all that changes things a lot. I mean, so when, when you were, cause when I met you, you were still shooting a fair amount. I never got paid for anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was better at. I pulled out uh, my dumped book, by the way, the other. Oh, I was today. better about doing personal projects. Um, I, f- I haven't fallen out of love with photography because every time I do. You fell out of love with me. Oh, <laughs> every time I do shoot, I was like, oh, I love this. Why don't I do more of this? Yeah. And then it'll be six months before I shoot something again. Yeah. Like, um, I'm trying to think. What was the magazine, the drummer magazine that you did this stuff oh, for? Oh, TomTom. Yeah. TomTom's great. Yeah, you shot a lot of really nice stuff for that. Uh, also became, uh, officially became a pornographer by shooting for Math Magazine, uh, which is, uh, I, I would categorize it as a radical feminist porn publication, but it's right. really it's really more like body inclusive, sure. gender fluid just it's it's the opposite of all like the hustler and all Wait, that was that nonsense. the popsicle one no oh god what was that for uh that was for that was never pub well i think mackenzie who runs math published it on their website because it never got published otherwise that was for a magazine called kong that never came into fruition that right. was started by the f- former photo editor editor of playgirl Right. Where and you shot penises with, with, with popsicles. A, an ice cream. 
Yeah. <laughs> and was that your idea? Or that was my idea. I couldn't even begin to explain where that came from. But <laughs> uh, Math Magazine is fun because Mackenzie would ask me if um, if I was interested in shooting. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm game. Um, and the people that she's partnered me with are all very like – self-assured and aren't bothered by you know being pretty um neutered or anything yeah yeah. and i think the first thing i shot for her is still one of the favorite things recent memory i mean i think it's like two years old now but i got really stoned and uh looked through my now husband's like bernini books of like sculpture yeah and i just started taking a bunch of photos and i sent it to the couple that i was going to shoot i was like I want you guys to practice wrestling, <laughs> but like there's two men, no, to a guy and a girl. Okay. And we met, we shot on his roof near Washington square park. Um, and they were great. Like they absolutely did their homework. They had like, everything was very like, it wasn't awkward. It was very fluid, but they weren't like going too fast. So I could get, good photos and it wasn't anything particularly like i mean it was erotic um because it was two riling bodies right and they were both good looking and then you know they started doing some sexy stuff and then it was really getting down to it and i was like you know having the camera between you and the subjects i was like this isn't weird at all i'm like taking a photo and it's like but they're having sex was that the initial intent what for so them they, to ultimately have sex? I was. It was more more like whatever you're comfortable with. I'm not going to make anybody do whatever they don't they want to. They were just to. spontaneously wrestling, and then stuff started slipping in. That well, kind of it, thing. It was it was funny because they they weren't a couple, but then I found out they had dated, so that made sense because there was definitely chemistry. Sure. Um, and then at one point, you know, they would just sort of be like, is it okay if I do this now? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like whatever, uh, whatever you guys are comfortable with. And they kept like asking. And then like when they actually started to like have sex, I was like, you know what? I think I got everything. We're going to go downstairs. You guys like have fun. Yeah. I was like, you guys like take your time. We're going to go down and look at photos. So we would. Did those get published? Uh, I don't think I shot any penetration, but, um. But the wrestling stuff. But then, yeah, I think that was like after the fact. Oh, no. After the fact, I found out they weren't a couple, but they had dated. And I was like, whoa, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that was like those turned out really beautiful. Um, And then I, I've shot for her before, too. I I think I like when people ask me to do stuff I wouldn't like seek out. Yeah. Um, You also have an interesting thing with me because when you used to help me on a handful of shoots, you were with me on my first magazine shoot ever. Which one was that? The Jhumpa Lahiri one. We oh, were shooting. Yeah. Wow. Improper Bostonian. That was a big setup. And then she, would we have her for like 15 minutes? Yeah. Like she was, she was really late. Remember the editor had said something to her and offended her and she didn't know if she was going to show up and no one told us. And what magazine? Improper Bostonian. Oh, Wow. What a weird name. And then she showed up and they quickly kind of put her in hair and makeup or whatever it is. And and I, I just remember because I remember telling somebody the story and remind me if this is true or not. I remember asking her if she likes getting her picture taken and she was wishy-washy about it. And I said, you, you're talking about like if it's a good if it's certain photographers, you're all right with it. And she was like, well, yeah, kind of. And I remember standing up on the picture that they ended up using in Time magazine from that shoot. Was her against that white wall with just the the pink dress? Yeah. 
with with the with the big soft light or whatever the hell we had up there, big big octa. And you you had a reflector on the ground doing me a favor that day. Mm-hmm. And I said, as I recall, I said, I looked at you and I said, you know, Meg, I don't care how these pictures come out as long as she says I was one of the good ones. And she laughed. I think you did say that. That sounds like something you would say. <laughs> and she laughed. And I remember thinking, okay, now this is going to be fine. Like whatever she walked in with, she just let go of. Right. You know, and it's just funny that like, you weren't the enemy. Right. Somebody else was. Right. right. But that, I mean, that's half the job for a lot of this. Stuff. Right. Oh, for sure. It's like, and I think, so going back, talking about like hating living here in 2004. Yeah. And like, or hating my, having my photo taken when I was younger, I think photography definitely gave me a skill set of like learning how to interact with people and how to do the banter and just asking people about themselves because it's sure. the number one thing that they know about. The social skill thing. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. I, I accredit that a lot to photography. Do you think that helped you in your own social life? Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I and then with the magazine, yeah, yeah, which which good, I was about to good get segue. To. Um, so got a girl crush started in two thousand nine with a woman I met on Tumblr. Remember Tumblr? Yeah. Um, were you tumbling well, stuff and she was tumbling stuff? Yeah, you- we met. I found each other on Tumblr. This is for those listening. This is before Tumblr was just for porn. Um, which is I did for porn. Now? I guess so. Okay. Um. Uh, <laughs> um so like graduated from live journal in high school and college to Tumblr. I can't even begin to think about how much personal information I voluntarily put on the internet in my youth, but Tumblr still up there. People go look at it. No, up. I, I you, what, downloaded, I downloaded it and deleted my life. What journal. kind of stuff did you put up on live journal? It was like your diary online. Yeah. Okay. It's wild. You talk about, Boys and parties yeah, you went to and yeah. all the rest of it. Uh, Luckily, you're not. My you favorite know. game, a really good drinking game, is to pick a number and I dramatically read aloud the pay, the PDF page from my live journal. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but going back to Tumblr, Andrea and I met on Tumblr and started, you know, reposting each other's stuff. And then that. What kind of stuff were you putting on your Tumblr? knows man probably photo stuff your own photo stuff or other people's probably a bit of both okay kind of like the what i likened it to is how i use instagram stories now is i just like post other things i see but then it's only up for 24 hours by the way how do you feel about just quick aside how do you feel about people putting up other people's work in their feed on Instagram without crediting it. It's garbage. even with crediting it. Like if you're a photographer, I'm put it like my picture, my picture, my picture, I'm going to put Meg's picture up and then put my picture, my picture, my picture. I don't really care. I guess you don't care. as long as okay. you're credited. Okay. And it's I not being like, I don't know to promote Trump or some shit. Sometimes it feels like you're, you're trading on other people's work, you know, bumping up your own. Maybe no, that's, that's a good argument. You know, I could stick up a bunch of Carter Bresson and it'll get lots of likes and maybe, you know what I mean? And right. It's like, no, well, that's not me. That's Carter But Bresson. I feel like it's something that you, it's definitely influential of your work. So maybe it informs people more about yeah, your inspiration. But maybe people don't even, people don't even think about it that much. They're just scrolling. Right. Yeah. 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 They're scrolling yeah, yeah. and tapping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, if I had titles for these uh, podcasts, it would be scrolling and tapping. Chatting you. Um, <laughs> um all right, so 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 we you met, and, and then it turned into like an email pen pal thing, 
Um, Hadn't talked to her on the phone. No. Didn't know what her voice sounded like. Nope. Nope. I really loved, she would post really great music mixes, which I think is like, she turned me on to a lot of stuff. Um, in absence of being in college anymore and working for college radio, I didn't know how to find new music. And she really had her, for lack of a better term, her finger on the pulse. And so email, like long, you know, pen pal thing turned into like, we started a mutual catch-all blog to post about women that we admired or liked or yeah. thought were doing cool stuff. And that turned into Got a Girl Crush. And I think it wasn't until 2011, two years after doing it, that we even met in person. I think she was in New York. Was it always – was the plan always to have it in print or no. was it on – it was online so, at first? what I was segueing, um, talking about like personal projects, in 2011 when I was <laughs> – quote unquote, underemployed, I needed, I needed a personal project to work on and use the magazine as a tool to approach people to take their pictures, but in a non-creepy way. Oh, I um, see. So it, I'm doing it, this project. It's so. for a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's for a thing. Also, can we be best friends? Yeah. yeah. Um, which worked because then you could just be like, hey, it's for this thing. Would love to interview you. Take your photo. What's the worst that's going to happen? They say no. Yep. And more often than not, Unless they don't respond at all, which now I'm just like persistent as shit. Uh, like with Cecile Richards, I think we have a soft yes for issue nine, which will be next year. Yeah, how how you say you're persistent as shit? Like how? I'll just keep. Like, I just I so sometimes unless first. they say no outright, I won't. I'll You'll just keep, keep bugging them. Cause her, her handlers are like, she's really busy right now. I'm like, cool. When, it, when is she not busy? Yeah. Well, we're willing to be flexible, whatever it yeah. needs to make. I like how I use we it's me now. So, yeah, um, but, but that there's power in right, we, right? Right. Well, it's not, it's not just me. I mean, it's mostly me, but in 2011, <laughs> we did our first print on mag cloud, which was in like an HP imprint yeah. print to order. Great way to start. How many no, copies? No cost to us. I think over the course of a year did like four to 500. Okay. So you, you put it up there and it's a print to order kind of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moved away from that because like, I think my mom ordered a couple copies and like showed up at her house and they were bound backwards. So like the quality, really? the quality control was kind of shit. Okay. Interesting. But it cost you know, it cost X amount to print through them and then you could tack on like two or three dollars on yeah. top so if it costs five dollars for the thing and you said you're going to give it five dollars you could charge ten dollars and you you walk away with five bucks right okay for not having to put like any dumb right money and that's in the down pay the, the the chunk of money you got to put to make stuff it, like i have in front of me is right. not cheap no so we did that and then we out of pocketed the issue two with a printer upstate that I really not knowing anything about doing this, didn't really shop around, didn't know how to like seek that out. Um, conversely, now I am a part of an independent um, magazine coalition that's run by female and non-binary identifying folks called MagMob. And it's basically sharing resources, commiserating, um, promoting each other, 
giving referrals to printers, to right. asking about ISBN, and barcodes, yeah. all sorts of shit we didn't know about because we're all sort of feeling our way through this. And do some of them end up saying, oh, we ended up using this printer and it came out really great. Is it mm-hmm. that kind of thing? Okay. Or someone had a magazine called Ravenous. Uh, their printer, the week they were supposed to have their last issue delivered, the, the printer was like, Oh, it turns out the the paper that you love, this recycled paper that you like to use, like they were like scapegoating the paper source. They're like, it's like out of stock. So like, is there another one you want to go with? And she's like, um, I'm sorry, you haven't even printed it yet. It's supposed to be yeah. delivered like Friday. Yeah. So like got, I'm, I believe Mallory got her money back or stopped payment or whatever, but found another printer through i'm sure some one of us yeah um which is great it's it's really nice because it can feel kind of isolating doing this it almost feels like you're part of a larger consortium do you think does it give you any bargaining power in in any of this stuff uh we really had like big goals out of the gate when we first formed because before it was just like getting together and drinking wine and shooting the shit and then we were like we want to get an office space together but we want it to be sponsored by a company and we'll all collectively advertise whatever that is on our social websites, magazines, what have you. But unfortunately in New York, um, you need a little more bargaining power than that. Um, what, 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 uh, sorry, I got to back up for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. So when you started, you, you finally met up with Andrea, you guys were putting stuff on a, a blog together. Mm-hmm. Where was the input? Were both of you writing and shooting everything at that time? Pretty much. I think okay. we had a few contributors. I'm not a writer. I yeah. mean, I can write. How did I'm, you find the contributors? Uh, people started following us on Tumblr. We would ask friends. It's it's, And that's still, to a certain extent, a lot of like who I know. Yeah, but people who... You know, in the same way that I'm interviewing people that I know for this podcast. For sure. The people that I know no people. We, right. we were just outside when you came and my downstairs neighbor was talking about the Winogrand documentary. It turns out his ex made the Winogrand documentary. Right. right. Exactly. So that's, well, that's, the re- that's, that's sort of, New York. Yeah. That's the New York thing. Talking right. about it. But yeah. um, we funded issue two out of pocket, which is a learning experience because it was very expensive. Um, and then, well, so Did I make think your money back issue three, we did a Kickstarter and we padded it with our money lost and got it back. But at the time, we still weren't we weren't getting paid. No one else was getting paid. It was 100 percent passion project and everyone was understand understanding about it. Yeah. And issue three was when we shrunk to digest size, which is six by nine. How big were the other one, first ones? Eight and a half by 11. It, how did you choose this? Was it just purely uh, economic? No, Um uh, we brought in a designer named Celeste Prevost, who's a friend of Andrea's based in SF. And she's the one that designed the logo, shrunk it down, made it like the aesthetic that it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, and I love it. And while she no longer can commit to like dedicating full time to it, um, created a template, which I input in everything into. And then I emailed her issue eight 
the other night and she goes through it and does, looks for all the things that I is not a designer yeah, cleans things up. Yeah. Anything like hanging and like weird looking or like was <laughs> like, Oh, that was a nice try that you tried to do that thing, but that doesn't work. It's interesting. I, I mean, it is, it is beautifully done and there's this, there is something about having a physical copy of something, right? I well, mean, there's a, a huge thing. power in that. And as a photographer, there's something still magical about, especially talking about Instagram and everything's teeny tiny, seeing your work in print. Sure. Like it just, I don't know. My argument with continuing to do print, even though it is not profitable, uh, it, it's something you can spend time with. You can share, you can come back to it. Cause do you remember what you read online yesterday? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I had a copy of issue six sitting next to my bed. I was like, where'd that copy go? And it was still sitting next to my bed yesterday. Mm. You know, when I was thinking about sitting down with you and, you know, I was flipping through it today and it's, it, there is something it's, you know, it's both timeless and timely, right? Like you may look back on this 10 years from now and it might feel very mid 20 teens. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because everything will, right? right? Design moves on and and the way, right? But that's kind of beautiful, right? It's like it's it's this artifact of right. the time that you made this. I just realized that I haven't described what the magazine is. Oh, um, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no. It's uh it's a well now biannual because I decided that it would be a really great time to start publishing twice a year when I'm moving across the country. Uh <laughs> but it's a biannual print publication and website. Um, that is by women about women for everyone. It features interviews with women doing radical shit all over the world. Radical. Radical in the California term or I, or yeah, I mean, radical in any sense of the term, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the people you get all over the world, I was reading about one of the contributors is in not a ran. No, uh, somewhere, I thought it was somewhere Middle East. Am I wrong about that? Uh, we feature, oh, in the current issue, uh, there's, uh, I don't think, I don't know if you I read it on the one. website, so that's where it went. Oh, um, God, I could have sworn it was. In Maybe this I'm wrong. current issue, there's an interview with the youngest journalist in Palestine. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was in my head. Yep. Um, yep, 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 Jenna yep, yep. Ayad. Yeah. Who's how old? I don't know if she's 14 yet. Wow baby it's insane when we talk about access to internet and instagram and means of communication like she is documenting what is happening there and it's hard to argue you know yeah that this isn't what is you know it's her experience yeah as as editor-in-chief when people send you stuff as as, as a mm. photographer yourself do you have visual standards or a visual vocabulary that you when people send you photography say does it generally fit into your aesthetic or do you I think you, it's easy to to immediately because we get I think I get more submissions for illustrators every single day than anything else so when I do get photographers which is rare um the illustrations I, I, are very strong thank you I mean that's half the fun part yeah um so with, with women featured, it's usually, I have a personal running list and then a lot of the times it's reader submissions. And that's really wonderful because I'm learning about people I didn't know about yeah. myself too. Yeah. Um, but also like having 
to have it. That's the fun part is pairing illustrators to interviews and then like the anticipation of like, I don't know what they're going to send me. I made this deadline. Would you think that paying people would really like make them meet deadline (laughs) now versus when it was sort of like everyone's got their own job and like, I can't get mad at them for donating their time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, but also these arbitrary dates that I set for myself, which I make myself crazy about, but also like no one's like, oh, the magazine's late. And it's like, no one's, no one's paying attention except me. Like, yeah, yeah. I, back in the, my advertising days, it's the same thing. Like we need to get this campaign out. Why? If it comes out next week, what happens that mm-hmm. wouldn't happen this, you know, Well, right now I'm trying to wrap this before I have to pack up my computer and you have a good reason to do it right now. Right. Well, but also like who, who, well, do you feel- actually introduce the writers and the visual people to each other if they're working on a thing together? Not always. Sometimes if I get the interview bef- early enough, I can send it to the, whoever's the you know, the photographer, woman, the yeah. illustrator. Um, so they get a sense of like what it is. Um, a lot of the times when I hire people, it's based off of like, you, you do this because like, don't think what I want. Think like what I'm hiring you because I like your style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which that said, um, the cover for the next issue is being done by a woman named Lydia Ortiz, who was featured in issue seven, uh, Filipino, yeah. uh, woman that immigrated like a decade ago. Um, very talented based in SF. Have you had any, uh, transgender women writing or creating for it? Uh, we have had a few pieces that haven't come through fruition. Um, there was supposed to be one in this last issue. And then, uh, that was tabled for this issue and timing is a lot of the problem that hasn't worked out. Um, and then, would really love to interview Justin Vivian Bond, but she's also very busy. Right. They, I'm sorry. Um, they just, they just finished a run at Joe's pub, which I'm also sad that I missed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting hearing you talk about this stuff because even you sitting across from me, cause I've known you for 12 years. You're like, you're all kinds of fancy over there sitting there talking this way. Am I? You sound like an editor in chief. You sound Aww. like somebody who knows, Aww. has their shit together. It's all about perception, Bill. <clears throat> no, but seriously, I mean, you like, I'm proud of you. I guess is what I'm saying. I just, it's, it's, you're sitting there and you're talking about this stuff. Imagine yourself in 2009 when you started this saying, oh, we would have no, eight yeah. issues of this out and I'm perfectly comfortable, you know, juggling all of this stuff that's coming at me from all these different quarters. I mean, that's not the girl I mean, who couldn't find her tribe in high school. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, to do this as my job was, is the dream. I'm also realistic about it. Um, How many copies would you have to sell for that to be reasonable? A lot. What Tom, about advertising? Tom, Tom, Tom does, Tom, Tom publishes quarterly or every other month. Okay. And has, I think they print like 20,000 copies a run, which like isn't, I think, 20 times what I print. Yeah. That's huge for It's huge and has, distri- an has distributors. Right. Um, has, they have advertising? Has advertising. Okay. Is that, just, is that, just that's got, big- oh, this is pretty juicy. I think I can talk about this. Uh, they had, well, maybe I shouldn't name the, the 
company, but they had a major advertiser pull after they had. So they Mindy's been doing it as long as I have, if not longer. Mindy Abovitz, who does yeah. Tom Tom, uh, they have themes per issue. We don't have themes, although issue six came out after the election and could not not have a theme. Um, they did a sex and love issue, mm-hmm. which I was like. All right. I'm shocked that they just only have done one like that because, like, interviewing touring musicians about, like, getting it on the road road, or, like, what sex toys to take with you on tour. Like, I thought it was genius. Um, And they had a major advertiser that was, like. Because it was too scandalous, the subject matter? 60% of their ad revenue. And they had also recently purchased another like smaller subsidiary company that also advertised with them. Pulled them too. Pulled them too. So what do you, I mean, your situation like that, is that. I would have, I would have made a huge stink out of it, which shows why she's a better businesswoman than I am. I would have like. Gone public and gone public and made a whole stink about it. She just wrote a really well-worded editor's letter in the next issue. And like, and let it slow her down. And lots of empty ad pages or or restructured the whole thing. I'm sure. Um, no, you don't we do had, advertising. We, adver- we had advertising in issue seven, which is the current issue. Oh, okay. I didn't see that one. But yet. it's like, it's in the, it's hardly. Would you want more? Is it, Or is that, is if that. If it could have, if, well, so the next issue uh, is basically not underwritten. That's not the right word, but I secured enough funding to publish the next issue, which is a huge relief. Right. And it's uh, this sort of angel situation, not the one I'm like hoping for. I'm really looking for that, the rich widow on the Upper West Side that had a shitty, like shitty husband. And it's like, fuck you, Harold. I'm going to spend your money on a a feminist publication. (laughs) So if you're listening... Old ladies, with lots of money, <laughs> lots of old ladies. Um, uh, no, uh, it's a uh, uh, in in house art department for intercom dot com. Okay, apparently they have they've been fans of the publication for a while, and they have money put aside to invest in uh creative endeavors that they want to see successful which was how it was worded to me and uh they are sponsoring that's cute they're sponsoring pages in the back of the issue featuring different female identifying illustrators well that's great yeah it's one it's it's i it's wonderful. I mean, do you, do you feel like though, that if you, if you had, if it was more advertising based almost to the point where the, the cover price was somewhat irrelevant, like a lot of magazines are right. Yeah. It's like, it's just about distribution. We just need to get as many people's hands as possible. Right. You're, you're making a stink face and shaking your head. I mean, I don't know. It yeah. feels like you, you have a if different it, master. If it, if it was enough for me to live, I guess who, who am I to say no? But then but, just like you were saying with Tom, Tom, you, you have a different master at that point. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's not necessarily a good right. thing. Right. I did do a lot of grant writing this last winter and I didn't hear back from any this month, which I think was this month. September was when I was supposed to hear back. It's tricky. Um, also, grant writing is exhausting. Um, yeah. We're also not a non- people actually read all that stuff. 
Who knows? And there was no chance for me to actually submit a physical copy, which I think would have aided my yeah. Case. Like here, look at what we do. Uh, they're like, we don't we don't receive physical submissions. I was like, well, it's kind of the thing, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I keep doing it as much as I like tear my hair out about it. So here's the thing. Um, next year will be 10 years of girl crush. And I think subconsciously I decided to go biannual because I can do seven, eight this year and do nine, 10 next year. Cause we haven't been printing for 10 years, yeah, sure. but I can do 10 in year 10 yeah, and 10 then maybe be able to walk away or not. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, um, is it growing over time? Issue, issue by issue? It is. It's just, um, because it isn't my full-time job and yeah. like, it's basically my second job. Yeah. That I do as my moral grounding because retouching ain't that. Yeah. Well, the, the, even choices like the golden bossman and stuff on the cover. That's, that's the fun part. Right. I mean, and it, and it brings it up a tick, mm-hmm. you know, that makes it like, oh, this I is mean, fancy. And plus like, I don't know. I also am in charge of all the distribution, which is also maddening um, to some extent, but it's also fun to see where it's going or yeah. to see who buys it. Like yeah. sometimes it's some been random like, person in France is buying this. Magazine. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Australia, New Zealand, sure. South Africa. It's I'm like, how did they hear about it? Right. That's so yeah. cool. Um, and, also and like, just, yeah. I I'm trying to think, Oh, there's someone that ordered it. And I was like, why does this name sound familiar? And I Googled it and it was, uh, the art director for the New Yorker. And I was like, never heard anything after that i'm gonna pick up my camera and start sending stuff to them god i was so little meg was so advantageous and like making mailers and cold soliciting art directors and like oh man i remember i'd stay up late like super wired just like emailing art directors sure and i would never get a response except when i got sloppy not on purpose and i would like have a template and would like fudge it, but like accidentally and like not Even change out the yeah. name or the name of the publication, which is so terrible, but they would write back and say, Oh, I don't work. Up. I don't work for this magazine, but oh. I took a look at your work and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh, interesting that that was the thing that so was like, maybe to, that's, maybe I need to do that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they are looking at it. You know, I was uh, talking to sort of an old timer in our industry a few weeks ago. And they were telling me how they used to have a, a standing uh, lunch with some like, creative director or some, you know, ad firm or whatever. And he, and he, he was telling me that like on the way from the elevator to the guy's office, people would be handing him assignments as he walked by. Like wow. that's what it was like in the eighties. Damn. You know, it's a completely different world now. Right. It's like, how, how do you rise above the noise? I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I don't, I don't know what that answer is. And also is. like feel like a not resentment, but certain, certainly like seeing a lot of younger photographers who the learning curve is so much faster. Sure. They get better faster. Yeah. But I mean, in some ways though, with, you know, not just the me too movement, but like even just, you know, the, the world opening up and diversifying in media and stuff, there's probably more opportunities mm-hmm. than there were 10 years ago. No, I agree. You know, and and I honestly like um, issue six. The cover, well, both covers, issue six and issue seven, are done by illustrators that had just graduated from school. Right. Um, Love is wise. A Philly-based illustrator did issue six, and now she's killing it. Yeah. 
um, graduated from Philadelphia School of Art. And then the current issue is done by an illustrator named Xiao Mei, who just graduated from SVA. And her shit's blown up too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's fun because, like, I, I certainly can't keep, take credit for their talent, but right. it's nice to see them like be successful. I feel sure. like I feel like a proud mama to some yeah. extent. Well, you're you're the editor in chief. <laughs> <laughs> can 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 we talk about your tattoos for a minute? Sure. Uh, you, when I met you, you had your left sleeve. Yeah. And a handful of others. Mm-hmm. You've since added a I few. A, I have a lot now. Yeah. Is it is that part and part? Well, first of all, when, how old were you when you got your first one? Eighteen, which was the legal age in Ohio. <clears throat> was that was that a something you were waiting to do when you turned eighteen? Mm-hmm. Okay. And how did you know what you were going to get? Was it a matter of just getting it? It wasn't something specific. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was no meaning. Yeah. It was just. A was thing. it a rebellious thing? Uh sort of to a certain extent although like it, my parents weren't thrilled uh the way they found out it's pretty funny it was when i was summer before my junior year of college i moved off campus and i often locked myself out of our apartment which was like the downstairs apartment of an old farmhouse and my parents came to visit and RMO when we got locked out was to grab one of the trash cans, flip it upside down, and there was one window that we kept unlocked. You could climb and climb in. And I think I was belly over the ledge because I got my first tattoos on my stomach. I was belly over the ledge and I hear, Is that a tattoo? <laughs> I'm like falling headfirst into the house. I'm like, oh no. Wait, you got your first tattoo on your stomach to hide it from your parents or just because that's uh, where you wanted it? I don't know if it was conscious to hide it. Because that's a painful place to get one, isn't it? sure didn't feel great yeah the worst was my palm oh man yeah don't do that now your husband who is a tattoo artist Mm -hmm. does that change anything did that make you Uh, accelerate shout out to my husband dan bones um uh, people are like oh is that all of his work i'm like no actually you go to a lot of people i go to a lot of people we live in a city we live in new york city that you've sought out has a lot of talented artists here yeah yeah very lucky in that regard. I, I would like to think I have pretty decent tattoos. All of yeah. it is subjective. But um, the thing about being married to someone that tattoos or dating someone, is they're like, oh, you must get tattooed by them all the time. And that is common mis- misconception because the last thing they want to talk about when they get home is Just, your idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because the longer I've been with Dan, the more I realize how just psychically draining that job is. Oh, I can imagine. Cause you're just physically up in someone's shit all day. Yeah. With the added pressure of putting artwork on their body for forever and not fucking that up. Is, is he, is he, is he a hell of an illustrator just with a pen on a piece of paper? Mm-hmm. Okay. Are, are most of the people you've, you've worked with that way? I've always wondered. I think so. Okay. Well, at least my friends, a lot of my friends are very talented. I just figure some of them must be great illustrators. Some might must be great technicians because Dan's both. Um, He went to Emerson for film and he studied animation. He came to New York to do animation. Right. And then how did he fall into 
tattooing. He got laid off of the animation studio. <laughs> and then got a job as like an intern somewhere? Uh, I think he was, he apprenticed. Interesting. Yeah. That's usually the, yeah. the trajectory is you apprentice under another tattooer. So how do you decide when you want more? Cause like your left arm, your right arm, you have a bunch on your legs, but like where, where's enough space and how do you choose what goes there? And as you fill it up, you have less and less space. I'm sorry. I'm putting you no, on the spot. No, not at all. It's, and, it's, it's, it's all very good questions that I'm not sure I have the answer for. <laughs> okay. So it's all just one by one. If there's no master plan. Uh, sometimes there's stuff I want to do. Although I just finished a tattoo. I, um, my good friend, Mikey Quackenboss, uh, just finished my New York tribute tattoo before I leave New York. Where's that one? It's on my thigh. Okay. It is a rat and a pigeon smoking blunts in a hot tub made out of a water tower. <laughs> Fitting. I came up with the idea. I'm pretty proud of that. But he he executed perfectly, um, which some people are like, oh, I'm sure if you just heard that, you're like, you want that on your body forever? I'm like, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you see it as uh, that will remind me that is a representative of my New York experience? And if I, I mean, maybe I moved cheeky. to LA, who knows, yeah. maybe a year from now I'm back in New York. Who knows? Right. Like right. you never know. So, but you see it as sort of mementos of, of, of mm-hmm. moments of your life. I think I only have one tattoo I covered up. And that was because it was just absolutely, totally meaningless and I didn't like care about it. Yeah. Um, None that you got that you- But after finishing this last tattoo, I'm like, why do I keep doing this? This is painful and expensive. Yeah. And you have a lot of tattoos. I have a lot of tattoos. Have you added them up? No. I mean, not money-wise, but just like how how many times you've been under the thing? I mean, also I've been very lucky that I have a lot of friends that are tattoo artists that- Yeah, some of the stuff you get for cheaper free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And it's funny being out moving to LA, you would think that a city where the weather is nice all the time would have a more of a prevalent tattoo culture and it doesn't. And I think it has to do with Hollywood and everyone's like trying to be in the pictures. They're, they're too concerned about how people will see them. Everyone's like super like into aesthetic, but not in that way. Yeah. Um, so when we're walking around town, just being a couple schmoes, um, the interaction is different. Like we'll get a lot of hairy eyeball, but then also anyone that does come up and talk to us is like very respectful. It's like, it's weird. Yeah. I'm sure I'll like run into all the assholes that like want to talk about my body, but, um, some people come up there like, well, I think it's also having tattoos from New York where it is a very history and deep community and culture. Um, there's just, there are good tattooers in LA. There will be one more now. Uh, <laughs> people are like, wow, your work is so good because there is a lot of tattoo shops in LA, but it's a lot of like street shops and like, I don't know. I think that that is, I mean, obviously within the tattoo world, like I don't have any tattoos. Mm-hmm. I can't. You're think- the, you're the counterculture now. Because everyone has a fucking tattoo. Well, yeah, yeah, to some extent, right? <laughs> Your alternative, Bill. But 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 I, I've never felt like there was anything that permanent. You know what I mean? That I wanted specifically That's written totally on my body. Fine. Yeah, yeah, no, which is which is fine. I guess what what I was where I was going with that is just the fact that like if I did get one, I would want to go to somebody who makes. You know, there's those people who make things that look like black and white photographs on mm-hmm. people and stuff like the, just insane levels of artistic you know, expression. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if I did, it would be to somebody who was like the best, mm-hmm. you know, to get something really extreme. There's some people who would just go to anybody, huh? Right. And I think that's like, <laughs> can circle this back to like, sort of like the culture of Instagram Yeah. to like, Dan will get, like, Dan will get people wanting to come in, like, can I come in like Friday to get this done? And he's, he's booked out yeah. a couple months or if he has to reschedule cause he's sick and it, it will just like screw up his whole schedule. Well, that yeah. is what a normal person would think, but the person that has to be rescheduled with, it's like, it's like you've moved their cancer surgery. Yeah. Like the, oh, well, I, I need to get that. Like, you don't need to get this. Yeah. Like, again, it's like. You've described it to me as a little bit of an addiction at a certain point. Mm, I mean, or like, you know, there's like an impetus. Once you get well, one, you me, want more. For me, it was like, if there's like a spot that's open, I was like, oh, well, that need, well that's where it starts. It's sort of like, well, that looks weird, empty. Um, but the, the whole notion that people are like. Like their whole, they're just so put out that yeah. like, yeah, it sucks, but you're going to live. Yeah. 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 But sort I guess people like get mentally, podcast. yeah, <laughs> people get mentally prepared, I guess. Yeah, is, you know, I, guess I think that's, that's probably what it but is. But still you're going to live. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so what's the, what's the, uh, what's the LA plan? You're leaving in two weeks <laughs> and who knows what the LA plan is. Um, make winter a choice. Uh, go on lots of hikes, explore the mountains, the desert, the forest. Have you been to the national parks and stuff in, in California? Mm-hmm. Been to Sequoia and yes, Yosemite. Mm-hmm. Okay. I haven't been to Yosemite. Oh, been Joshua tree. Yosemite's oh yeah. No, that's what I'm at. saying. Yeah. Like we live in a beautiful state, but I so rarely get out yeah. like because New Yorkers don't have cars. Yeah. It's hard to get, it's harder to get out of New York than it is to get out Do of you, other places. you have your driver's license? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, it was funny. I was, uh, when we were up in Vermont a couple weeks ago at, at my wife's family's house, we needed a moment to drive. We had to drive around and, uh, uh, her, uh, her mother's husband gave me a little mini Cooper, like a, like a 10 year old mini Cooper yeah. stick. Okay. And I was like, Oh, I get to drive stick. Cause I drove a stick in high school. Right. So it's sort of a, is it easy, ah, easy to pick up? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I give me 30 seconds and yeah. I was, you know, cause every stick car is a little different just cause right. the clutch is different, you know, but once you get used to it, it's fine. You're such a tech um, guy. Yeah. But, 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 you know, just driving, I don't like driving. Like when we, Heather and I, my wife and I go out traveling, whatever it is, we'll get a car sometimes and be driving around. The minute I can get rid of that car at the airport at the end, like stress level goes from an eight down to Do a five. Do you split the driving? Uh, I probably drive 95% of the time. I drive 90, a bunch of, most of the most time. Of the time yeah. Although I've been forcing him to drive more because we're moving to a city where we will have to, you own, will have to drive have yeah. to own a car, but it was fun for two days zooming around on back roads in, in a mini. Yeah. <laughs> it was super fun. You know, like they're dropping bigger, they're bigger and, inside than you think. Yeah. It wasn't bad. And, and you know, and you're just like coming around a corner and dropping it down into second, you know, and going around the corners. <laughs> It was fun. It's like, but I got my <laughs> fill for the next two years of right, driving. Right. You know, like I have That's no. Why need I don't to understand do any. Like I'm excited about like when we're whenever we're out in LA and you see all the old like the old muscle cars. Sure. Like, I can't explain my attraction to that stuff. Oh, you like, still have an attraction to that stuff. 
my dream car is an El Camino. Will I ever own one? No, because oh. it's ter- that's horrible mileage, I'm sure. My friend just bought one. Really? In Texas and Austin. Oh, well, that makes sense. My dream car lives in Austin, Texas. Maybe it's this car. Is it a Pipto Bismol Pink El Camino with Longhorns on the it's grill? A, it's a uh, gold fleck spray or painted Oof. El Camino with neon under the hood. Wow. All right. That's not quite my level. Still respect that. Um, (laughs) But that's what I'm saying about people that like own fancy cars in New York City or like old like historical cars. I don't. What? Where are you? Why? What? Where are you driving that that it's not going to get fucked up? Yeah. 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 I don't understand. Car stuff. I just goes right over my head. Potholes. Winter. You get to enjoy that car like two months out of the year. I, I have a friend who owns a. Porsche GT3, which is like a 200 mile an hour, like street legal race car in here Mass- in Massachusetts. Oh, but like even in Massachusetts, it's like two months out of the you're year. You're going, you're driving around in Boston. Oh God. In a car that can go 200 miles an hour. Like Boston's no terrible you- streets. Yeah. Well, Boston's a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, if people want to get a copy of got a girl crush, is this, is this current issue sold out? No, uh, six is almost sold out. Seven still available. Got a girl crush.com. Okay. Issue eight will be out in November. Is it exciting when the last one of an issue disappears and you go, oh, yeah, it's just out there in the universe? Well, like right now we're moving and I'd say like 20% of the boxes is like magazine stuff. So that kind of sucks. That's but the downside of actually having a print magazine. Right. Of having the store of the stuff and where you live. Yeah. Um, but, but you'll have more room out there. Yeah. Well, sure. Uh, <laughs> I think my favorite is getting a new issue because then it smells, the it smells real good. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. That's a particular smell. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my friend William Coupon just sent me a copy of his book and I opened it up today and I'm like, even this like cracked mm-hmm. open, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. yep. Italian printing. Oh, wow. It like, smells like Italy. Ours yeah. are printed in Winnipeg, Canada. What's the, the place called? You told me before. Prolific group. Nicest people I've never met. <clears throat> And you are, you're, you're, you, uh, stand by these people. Like if people need a magazine done, they're the people, huh? Prolific group. Yeah. How are their uh, prices compared to the other stuff uh, you're doing? Competitive. Um, you have to pay for shipping from Canada, but, um, I, they do such a good job. I, I don't know why I would do, choose anyone else, do anything else. Yeah. Um, I know other magazines print in China and I'm sure that's way more economical, but we print on a hundred percent recycled paper and. Yeah. I feel better about not. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism, Bill. <laughs> I'm, I'm well aware of that. <laughs> I feel guilty about As time goes on, you know, I'll tell you a quick little story. I was watching on an airplane a few weeks ago. I was watching The Notebook. Okay. You know, this movie, mm-hmm. right? And there's a scene where Ryan Gosling's character is sitting on their front porch thing. And she's sitting in a chair swing and he's like leaning up against one of the posts. It's like in the middle of their, the whole thing. Can't wait to hear where this is going. Go on. So I liked the sweater jacket thing he was wearing. And I've been obsessed with trying to figure out what this was. Like I saw it on the screen on the back of the thing. And then I didn't take a picture of it. So I had a picture in my head of what it was like. So I ended up, meeting a woman the other day who I said, you look like the kind of person who would have a copy of the notebook. She's like, I do. So I had her pull it up. <laughs> Some people would take that as an insult, but no, no, she, and I took a picture of it and I come home and my wife had rented a copy of it so we could figure out what it was. That's adorable. So she said, I don't know exactly what that is, but 
we she said, you know, there's a costume designer, you know, of course, for the movie. I said, that's a good idea. So I find the costume designer oh on Instagram God. and I messaged her. And I said, hey, I'm a big fan of your work, whatever, from like this, this and this, because she's done a bunch of stuff that I've seen. I said, you did an excellent job. I said, I know this is crazy, but there's this scene in the notebook where he's wearing this thing you, and I send her a picture. Are they sending you the sweater? <laughs> no, <laughs> but she did write me back like 20 minutes later. She goes, oh, that's a long time ago. You should check here, here and here. You look for this and this, that and the other thing and try to find it. And so now I'm obsessed with what is it basically wearing only uh, she said to look for 1940s workwear inspired jackets is what it was is ultimately what it's it a is. a good year. And if you go look on eBay, there are a bunch of, you know, sort of like hunting and work jackets yeah. that are very similar, which is what it kind of is. Just finding the right size and the one that actually looks like I love like doing that shit. Well, see, that's the thing. I don't, but Ooh, there's part of me. Out, do you want to outsource it to me? Sure. I'll, I'll find you the jacket. And and so now I'm sort of obsessed with the idea of I don't want to ever buy any more fast fashion. Yeah, don't. That, it falls apart. Right. So I, I want to start buying things that will last. I even said, like, when I was talking about this, sweater, I was like, if I can find this sweater jacket new and it costs $400, I'm fine with that as long as it's good quality and it'll right. last for it, 10 years it'll, you know? or longer. Hopefully. <clears throat> yeah. Right, 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 right. Cause right, if right. she's buying it from the forties and it's still like together. Well, that's the thing. There are Sears Roebuck ones on eBay that actually are pretty close, you know, that are yeah. Sears, but like 1940s, 30s Sears, which right, is a different they thing. Still made in America. <clears throat> exactly. Natural fiber. Yeah. Yeah. It's all wool and whatever oh, it is. Can, right. This is, you know, I, well, we could take this offline, but I right. just, it's <laughs> interesting though. But the the point is that the woman actually wrote me back and That's I said, great. you know what, this is sort of what's amazing about the internet. Yeah, for sure. That I got the wardrobe designer for the notebook basically on the horn in a half an hour. That's cool. Because I just decided to write her. Cause you know what? As a general rule, people are nice. Yeah. And they want to help other people. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, with the magazine, it's always, you know, I largely now like to feature people that aren't famous necessarily because sure. if, if you're creating a platform, yeah. But if but it's is for there, people it, that already have a platform, what's like? But is there the is point? there but is there an advantage at least having like sort of one person who's famous in the, yeah, in the issue to for, help sell stuff for press issues? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm gonna have to come out to LA when you're when you're there, and we'll have to do another issue. Yeah, for sure. All right. I'm gonna try to find a sleeper sofa. So, so I can sleep somewhere. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you have, and other uh, people. you have a uh, social media stuff people should subscribe to. Uh, got a girl crush on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Okay. Yep. All right. com for photos. And you're going to put more up now, right? Since you're going to be sure. shooting again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Thank you, Meg. Thanks, Bill. Thank you.